We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Thursday, July 26th episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Draft.com. Today's guest, uh, Mike Rathburn. Um, you've seen Mike, can't see Mike. Um, he's he's been a Rotowire colleague. Uh, Line, tell me about LineStar app. Sure. Well, LineStar is um, a uh, DFS projection uh, site and mostly an app. Um, they're the number one user app in the DFS content community. And I've known those guys for a few years, and it, it just gets to the point where there was an opportunity for me to uh, work with them and uh, coming up in the NFL season. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a great group of guys. They have a good product, and uh, it's very user-friendly. Cool. Um, all right. Yeah, I actually checked out some of your stuff. Um, I was looking at your Twitter feed and saw some of the stuff from there. It looked pretty cool. So um, good deal. Um, all right. I want to ask you first. So we are recording this the morning of July 26th, Thursday. Um, Josh Gordon's ADP is 46 as I see it, but uh, that could be a very rapidly moving target. Uh, at this point right now, what are you doing with Josh Gordon? I'm going to let him be somebody else's problem. All right. That's it. You're done. Yep. You're washing your hands of it. 
Yep. Can't trust it. Okay. Even what, what if next Monday they said, all right, he's back at camp and he's ready to go. He's still going too high, even without the off the field issues um, with, with Landry there, they're going to run the ball more. Tyrod's not a guy that you want throwing a ton of balls. So he's not even number one in the pecking order in the passing game, as far as I'm concerned. So I just think that, Man, we talked a year ago. I think it was. I think it was with you. Where I used the word "internet darling," or it might. It might have been. I'm not sure. So he's an internet darling. Yeah, he's an internet darling. He's always going to be an internet darling. There's people. The, the and we're going to talk about this a little bit earlier. But what happens is people want to be right, and they want to say, "I told you so." And so with Josh Gordon, if he ends up not playing, nobody cares. Nobody, you know, nobody says. But if he plays and he does well, then you get all these people that are going to put their flag in the in the you know put stick their flag in the in the sand and say, "Oh, I told you so." So I don't play that game. I could care less. I'm not looking to be. I'm not looking to tell everybody I'm right. And um, so that's why I will never own Josh Gordon. Never. So so if he slips to round seven in your draft, let him be somebody else's problem. Okay. I just don't want to deal with a headache. So um, rumors there, a couple other Cleveland things. Um, Hugh Jackson did said, I think, yesterday that it's hard to envision a scenario where Baker Mayfield gets most of the number one reps. I'm not going to go down that road because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the Browns. It sounds like it's going to be Tyrod at least for a while. Um, but the other thing, two, two quick ones. With the Josh Gordon news or in the wake of the Josh Gordon news, um, I believe John Dorsey said he would consider Des Bryant. I wouldn't consider Des Bryant. Would you if the Browns signed him? I don't think that's the right fit. I don't think Dez should be going to a team like the Cleveland Browns. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit further about where I think he should go, and I'm going to explain why. Uh, I don't think it's the right situation and the right environment for a guy like that. I think that he could potentially come in and do more damage than good. And, you know, we saw some things on on um, All or Nothing, at least uh, that I watched, where this guy is basically, you know, remember Terrell Owens? I mean, he's not as bad as Terrell Owens, but he certainly has that wide receiver diva attitude. Yeah. And I don't think that's a situation where uh, – I don't think Cleveland is the right environment. So I, I don't think that would work. Okay. The other thing about Josh Gordon, if you were looking at it and saying, I can't trust Josh Gordon, which is what you're saying. Do you sort of put a gold star on Corey Coleman in the late rounds? No, I put one on David Njoku um, because (laughs) that's the guy who, you know, basically what you want to say is who do you think is the, is from a talent perspective, not wide receiver depth chart, but from a talent perspective, where would the team look to go? Tyrod likes throwing to the tight end. He likes throwing to Charles Clay. They're going to throw the ball. Look, this is a team that's not, they're going to take the shots down the field but it's going to be it's not going to be all the time. They're going to they got three running backs. You know, they got Chubb, they got Hyde, they got Duke Johnson. They spent a number one pick on Njoku. They went out and they signed Jarvis Landry. That's where the concentration of the targets are going to go and the touches are going to go. So I think Njoku is a guy. And the thing about Njoku, though, is his ADP is already up there as far as where he's going. So I don't know if there's a whole lot of value there. But that would be the guy that I would I would assume would be the guy getting the the targets. Okay, 
Um, folks, before we move on, just remember, check us out on Twitter. Mike's at FantasyWrath. I'm at jhoppin 37 You can also tweet us at Rotowire. You can get the player updates at Rotowire NFL or find us on Facebook. Uh, and remember, four podcasts a week from now through the end of the regular season. So keep checking us out. Um, all right, we're going to go through some news. So when I sent you the show prep on Wednesday night, I was going to ask you if you're worried about Julio Jones. Julio Jones is now, his contract issue has been resolved, so there's nothing to talk about here, right? Where, where, you, where do you rank Julio wide receiver? I mean, I still got him where he's going. Um, it, I don't have a problem uh, taking him because the yardage is so consistent. And if he does get back to getting, you know, uh, uptick in touchdowns, that's fine. I think he gets, you know, the thing about him is he's always nicked up. He's going to miss games, but he's still the focal point of that offense. And he still has a good quarterback and he's on a good team. So uh, I got to think second year Sarkeesian. I know there's a narrative that, you know, the second year in the Shanahan system, everybody was good. Uh, really, it's just a matter of them being able to execute in the red zone. And I have to think that they've spent a considerable amount of time on that. So I've got no problem taking them. All right. Um, then this is the next question I'm going to ask. This is going to be a little bit of a theme today. We're going to most of the players we're going to talk about today are sort of top of the food chain guys. We're not going to talk about a ton of sleepers. We're going to be talking about, guy, you know, differentiating between the guys up near the top. This won't be every show. We're going to do a lot today. Um, I'm looking at ADPs on MFL and at wide receiver, and I don't know how much of this is fueled by Julio's recent contract news, but Michael Thomas is wide receiver. The wide receiver order is Hopkins, Antonio, Beckham, Michael Thomas, and Julio. Would you take Michael Thomas ahead of Julio? No, no way. I think Michael Thomas is the most overdrafted. Uh, There's a difference between overrated and overdrafted. Yep. And... To me, Michael Thomas is being overdrafted by at least four or five spots. So I think Michael Thomas, to me, uh, is not a first-round guy, not even a top-of-the-second-round guy. I think he's more end-of-the-second, top-of-the-third. So you're Obviously, not going to own him? Not, yeah, I won't own him. Right. I won't own him, so that's fine. I'm actually pulling up those ADPs and just looking at – yeah, it doesn't seem – it doesn't seem like – you know, I'm looking at dates. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like it's 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 been kind of the same. So I don't think any of this recent news has affected anything. Okay. Um, next, and uh, we're both, uh, as I like to joke around sometimes when we have people on, uh, Mike's another member of the Charlotte Fantasy Football Mafia. So uh, we're going to talk about the Panthers for a second. So Ron Rivera said, the Panthers reported the camp on Wednesday, and Ron Rivera said it would be, quote, ideal for Christian McCaffrey to get 25 to 30 touches per game. I spit out what I was drinking when I saw that. I laughed. Um, I mean, what? obviously, that's a ridiculous statement. Just quantifiably, it, it, it's not. There's no way he's going to get 25 to 30 touches again because no. Well, they can they can do that, but he'll be injured by week three and probably hurt the whole year. Right. So. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott won't touch the ball 30 times a game, let alone Christian McCaffrey. So, and it, but but what is yeah, what is the, thing, the thing? Even too is you've got a running quarterback that takes away touches from that particular position. So it's for him to even say. That statement with a regular quarterback is stupid. Not even, uh, not even considering the fact that Cam Newton is going to rush the ball five times a game anyway. So yeah, it's 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 but, not a valid statement. But taking the number out of the equation a little bit, what is this? I mean, they they clearly want to use McCaffrey more. Last year, I think he had 113 carries. He ran better at the end of the year. We'll say that they lose. 
their Pro Bowl guard, which hurts. They signed C.J. Anderson. Now, obviously, we're all we love McCaffrey from a PPR standpoint, but but rushing wise, what do you, what do you think we're going to get? Like how how much more? It, he's not going to get twenty five to thirty touches a game, but but last year he got what thirteen on average or something or fourteen. Do you think it will be sixteen, eighteen? What should we be looking for? No, I don't. I think a lot of this is just um, to me. I think that this is. I think. I think Rivera is just a mouthpiece for why they picked him with the eighth overall pick in the first round. And I think that, you know, why would you be worried about how many carries he has? Like you were saying, I mean, it's not like he averaged six yards. Like if he averaged five or six yards a carry last year, then maybe you could justify and say, Hey, it makes a lot of sense. But man, yeah, I know first half of the season was horrible for him, and I know second half was a lot better. But still, man, it's like he had three games where he carried the ball more than 12, at least 12 times. And he had like one game really where he got more than four yards of carry with any kind of legitimate volume. So, what, you know, again, square – If to me it's like um, square peg round hole. And why would you not just say – you know what? He had 80 receptions last year. We're going to get him 100 and not worry about the the targets. I mean, not worry about the, the carries. Well, I, I wouldn't worry about the carries. Just bump his bump his targets up and, and play your game. And, and, and also, I think, too, is I don't have the stats in front of me. Um, I don't know what his early down – uh, usage was, but I would just I would just go with saying that use them more effectively on early down situations and get them in open space versus when they were using them. All right. Okay. Um, so, do you think? I mean, ADP wise, I'm looking at. I mean, we could sort this whole bunch of different ways. I'm looking at half PPR. Is he a top twelve running back generally for you in in outside of standard formats? Let's say. Uh. It's borderline, man. I mean, there's some guys I would take ahead of him. Uh, you know, he's at 11 right now. I wouldn't pick him at 11. Yep. In DPR, I don't feel comfortable with it. Um, I don't like this whole poking up thing either. I, that's not a guy that should be poking up. That's a guy that should be. He he got he's got to work on his athletic his his speed. That's his game. And if anything goes wrong with that speed, it's gonna it's gonna affect his performance. So. I just like other guys that are going behind him, Freeman, Howard, uh, you know, a couple of, I mean, I wouldn't dip him down too far. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with him around RB 15, 16, perhaps, mm-hmm. in a PR, but at 11, that's just a little bit too rich. Okay. Let's go. Uh, some good news. Andrew Luck is apparently on track to start the preseason opener. This is good news. I mean, there were people two, two months ago, the people who were drafting Andrew Luck as a top 15 quarterback, I thought were crazy. Now I could see it more. I don't think it's going to be me right now. His ADP is QB 10. Um, what, what are you thinking, Andrew Luck? How are you looking at that? Again, I think, I think a lot of this is people wanting to be right. And of course we root for the player, man. I mean, am I rooting for Andrew Luck to come back and be the quarterback that he was before? Absolutely. Because that's, what's best for the NFL. That's what's best for the league. But we don't know. 
we don't know. When guys have time off, we don't know what they're going to be when they come back. And history has shown us that, you know, maybe outside of Peyton Manning, um, a lot of other players that have had time off like this have just not been able to come back and perform like they were. Yes, they have They have um, improved their offensive line. They got rid of the GM that ruined the team and ruined him. <laughs> they still don't have a good, solid wide receiver, too. That is unknown. They don't have a wide receiver two, a wide receiver three that's really proven or can show me. You know, this it's just a bunch of guys that we don't know who. Um, they did go out and get Eric Ebron, which I think was a good move. And I think that was in reference to the fact they knew they didn't have another wide receiver really proven. So And Luck can throw to his tight ends and be fine. But let's also look at the running game. It's not like the running game is 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 proven or solid. We don't, you know, Marlon Mack is more of a home run guy. Uh, Naheem Hines is becoming an internet darling and everyone thinks he could be this year's Tariq Cohen, but it, you know, you gotta be careful about, com- you know, everybody's, a lot of people always want to say who's this year's, you know, so-and-so player. And that doesn't just automatically happen. Things have to fall into place. And while I do think the Colts are an underrated team, I don't think there's very much profit in Andrew Luck at this point. He's at QB 10. Yep. I mean, what's his ceiling? QB five, six. The QB landscape is different now, where you have a lot more guys at the top that I think are just going to be very hard for him to pass. I mean, unless he got five thousand yards, forty hundred yards, and thirty five touchdowns, which again, predicting that is just not something I'm willing to do. And I think that there's just so much value at the quarterback position later on. I can't envision a situation where getting Andrew Luck in a redraft makes sense. Okay. Um, and, and the thing about Luck is he's he's never been – he had the one year where he threw 40 touchdowns. And I'm not jumping all over the guy, but he hasn't been great. He's been kind of good. He had that one big fantasy year. But he's just – he's not that great, right? He's he's just been – he sure hasn't lived up great. to the hype, I, I, I wouldn't think. He's very good. You know, I'd say he – you know, but again, with the um, – with the time off, that's like my biggest yeah. my biggest concern is just that, you know, what exactly are we going to get? I mean, you're absolutely right. I'm going back and looking at his numbers. You know, he had uh, really at least, you know, he had the 140 touchdown season. You know, he's had injuries, et cetera. Um, it's a different landscape in the NFL. Uh, you know, does he have the weapons to even get, you know, is this offense – even going to allow him to get to those numbers. Um, it's not the Philadelphia Eagles roster. It's a different roster. And I, you know, I, again, I don't see how he can even pe- get to his peak. Right. And so I agree with you there. I just think that, again, it's a lot of people wanting to be right. And if the 5% chance that he would be able to finish in the top five, and people can jump up and down and say they they said so, but I'll t- I'll be on the ninety five percent side that says you're not going to return a profit on this player in twenty eighteen. Okay, um, let's dig deep. I know I said earlier that we were going to spend most of our time today near the top of the food chain, but since we're talking news, um, I wanted to cover this guy, Cam Meredith on the Saints. Um, he missed last year with a knee injury. Um, he is, there was, they weren't sure if he was going to start on the pup list. Turns out he's not. He's ready for camp. Now, these aren't our old Saints where you try to identify a Saints receiver that's going to be really good. 
And even when you, even when life was like that, it was hard to identify the right one outside of the number one guy in the tight end, right? right. Like it was always so, oh, am I going to take Devery Henderson or, you know, Robert Meacham or whoever it is this week? But Willie Sneed. Willie yeah. Sneed, thank you, later on, yes. So now we've got Cam Meredith probably in the slot. Um, his ADP is super duper low. And the reason I'm bringing him up is that I feel like I've seen his name. When, when I look at Twitter, every, you know, people sort of start to get some buzz among the people who are in the fantasy industry. And I feel like in the past week, I've seen Cam Meredith's name a lot. Is he one of those late round targets for you? Uh, it, I'm not overpaying for him. But if he if he lands at the ADP that he's at right now, I, I certainly have no problem taking him. But I think what people have to do is temper expectations when they when they draft a player and they think, oh my God, Cam Meredith can be a wide receiver two or wide receiver three. Well, mm, I don't think that I think that's a little bit too much. Um, look at where Ginn finished. Like Ginn, Ginn obviously is a different role, but again, we're talking about target distribution and. You know, they, they won last year without having a really solid wide receiver, too. So you have to then say to yourself, OK, the distribution would have to then go. How much of the distribution share is going to go to Cam Meredith? Well, look, he's at ADP 170. Ginn's at 205. Um, I think I think owning one of those guys is fine. You certainly wouldn't want to own both. Uh, but. You're right. Wide receiver two on the Saints is not necessarily what I think people have the perception of it being in the past. Look at what Breeze was the second half of the season last year. I think he was on average like quarterback 15. Yeah. Um, he threw look, so much less than he used to. I mean, they changed. 70%, 70% of his passes. So, and look, they've got Ben Watson, and who I do like. But look, Meredith's going to get his, but... To me, I don't think he's got that crazy ceiling that people are projecting potentially and right. saying, oh, my God, this guy could be a fifth-round value or whatever. No, I don't, I don't see that. I think he absolutely crushes his ADP, but let's temper expectations. If he can, if he can return like 10th or 12th-round value, you should be happy with that. And I think I'll be fine with that. But I would, I would temper expectations. This guy's going to go nuts. Okay. Uh, fantasy football fans, listen up. You're listening already, I know. If you love fantasy football, then you need to be playing best ball on my favorite new app, Draft. Here's how it works. Season long, but no management. You just set it and forget it, which makes it easy if you've got a bunch of teams. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically selected, and you'll get the best score every week, guaranteed. You never have to worry about injuries, last-minute benchings, any of that stuff ever again. You can draft a team anytime you want. Leaks start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now and the best part you play for cold hard cash league start for just three bucks so there's a league for everyone and this year they're running a one million dollar best ball tournament just enter the best ball championship draft the best team and you can win a piece of a million dollars in prizes no salary caps you just play in a real like real live sorry snake draft just like you play with your friends in a season-long league so join me on draft today download the app anytime just search draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on draft.com any way you want for a limited time, all new players get free entry into a best ball draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use my promo code WIRE. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using my promo code WIRE on your first deposit on draft. So search draft in the app store or go to draft.com and come play for free with promo code WIRE. Thanks a lot, draft. And remember, the promo code is WIRE. Go check it out. Um, I want to talk about some underrated and overrated. You know, I, I, I can... I can get repetitive with this, but since we have different people on all the time, it's, I think it's a worthwhile exercise to see if we see some common threads and hear the same names and, or different ones and why. 
Um, let's start a quarterback. Who do you, who do you think? And like I said, we, we could go anywhere, but, but what I, when I did the prep last night and shared with Mike, I, I asked him to, on quarterback, let's see top 12. Let's, let's say the guy's up high. Who's being drafted too high? Who do you think's being overdrafted? Yeah, and like you said, I think I'm going to be, you know, it's going to be more of a consensus. Um, uh, I'm, a, you know, the guys that I'm probably not going to own this year, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, just based on their ADPs to me represent ceiling and not necessarily floor. And Watson is number two overall. It's really hard for me to swallow. And so that's, you know, there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of analysis there. I just think that it's, it's really hard for me to pick him over Wilson, Wentz, Newton, and Brady. Um, I think he belongs more at seven. Uh, and, and unfortunately we have a tendency of pushing up young quarterbacks. Um, he only played a handful of games last year. Teams didn't really know how to defend him. Look, he's on a good team. He's got weapons, but his performance last year certainly is one that is very hard to expect him to repeat over a 16-game season, 17-game season, or 16 games for fantasy. Um, so uh, just really hard to get any profit when your quarterback ADP is two right. and, and he's played six games. So, the, again, no rocket science there. Uh, Goff, to me, you know, when I look at Goff is I look at what did he do last year in terms of like where, where – okay, so Goff is like QB9. Well, how many times did he finish as a QB9 or higher? Uh, last year, four. But really, if you look at Jared Goff's season, he had three monster games. Right. And then was really a quarterback 12 or less in the majority of his games. So for me – uh, I feel like he's being picked higher than where he should be going. Uh, based on that, I think he's more in the 14, 15 range. And so that's that's where I would have him. Now, you know, points per game last year, he was 12. Total, uh, total points, he was 10. And now he's going off at 9. Uh, I just think he's being a little bit overdrafted. Uh, I don't think the bottom is going to fall out. But, look, there's not a lot that separates quarterbacks. And he's a guy that I just don't see, uh, you know, obviously with Gurley there, they're going to rely a lot more on the run as far as how it's going to set up the game plan. So uh, I won't own any of him this year. It's not a knock on him. He's just being picked a few spots high. Okay. Yeah. And, and Goff with me, the, the volume is, I mean, he was, what, I think 18th in attempts. Yeah. And it's not like he runs. Yeah. Um, and right. so, you know, they got this great running back. So. Um, I agree with Garoppolo is obviously another guy that, you know, most people are probably, you know, I I think Garoppolo's ADP is going to be driven a lot by non-industry folks. Mm -hmm. And almost everybody in the industry is off Garoppolo for the most part. I don't really know anybody that's, I mean, look, his last four games of the season, he finished 12th, 9th, 4th, and 9th. Um, uh, You know, obviously, again, internet darling, QB seven, a little bit too rich for me. Yes. Fifth, you know, fifth round. Uh, no, I mean, what I'm looking at probably getting a running back at that spot, uh, or a second wide receiver. I feel a lot more comfortable with that and I'll, I'll wait. And so again, 
we're draft, you know, Jimmy's uh, Garoppolo's ADP represents like a 95th percentile season. Right. And I'm just not willing to do that, that position. Yeah. I mean, I look, I'm, I'm going to grab two names. Garoppolo's seven, a quarterback. Well, I see Matthew Stafford at 13 and Matt Ryan at 15. And I look and I go, G- give, give me a good, I think you'd have a tough time making the argument as to why Garoppolo's going to be better than those guys. I mean, it's possible, certainly. Yeah, but, but I why? think again, you gotta, you know, I think what a lot of people have to do is they have to recognize players whose ADPs are inflated, and yep. why are they inflated? Because people have a love affair with the player. It happens in all fantasy sports. Is there's a love affair with Jimmy Garoppolo, and so his ADP gets pushed probably five rounds higher than where it should be. Yep, um, and and the the Watson thing to go back to that. I've made this point before. If, you know, he threw for a ton of touchdowns last year and, you know, he, he, he looked good. I mean, you know, he was kind of chucking the ball around a little bit. Um, but the running stuff, as good of a runner as he is, what I keep going back to is if Deshaun Watson has a rushing year, like a few of the ones Cam Newton has already had, we'll be happy. And we know Cam Newton can do that. Like, we've seen it. It's done. It's, it's banked. Deshaun Watson, I, I don't know, probably, right? I mean, like, I, I don't see how you could, I, I look at Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton, and I don't blink before I pick Cam Newton. Oh, me too. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, I think what happens is people have a tendency also to feel like they have to um, shoot for the ceiling on every pick, and right. that's not what you want to do early on. What you want to do early on is you want to shoot for the floor, because if your second, third, fourth round picks go by the wayside, chances are your team is not going to finish very high. So for me, it's all about safety in the first few rounds. And later on, I'm going to take shots on guys because if they flame out, I can always go to the waiver wire and replace them. It's very hard to find a second, third, fourth round pick on the waiver wire. You're going to find two or three of them throughout the season, but you better be lucky enough to get them. So 50% of this is the draft, 50% of it is in-season management, roster, starting lineup, fab, etc. So nail the early rounds of your drafts and you'll be successful. All right. Underrated a quarterback. Who you got? So, again, I'm looking at, um, and I know some of these names are probably certainly, you know, going to be, you know, out there. But look, Phillip Rivers. Uh, and I think there's a narrative with Phillip Rivers that people aren't really considering is – you know, when I look at his ADP currently, Philip Rivers is 18. Uh, now, look, he's at one. He's at 129. There's a bunch of guys that are in the same round. So whether he's 14, 18, you know, it, it's kind of semantics. Uh, but what did he do last year? In in total points, he was eight. In points per game, he was 11. And with him. Uh, he, you know, down the stretch, I'm looking at last six games, two, six, six, 27, 12, one, mm-hmm. when they finally were able to get, and then early in the season, 12, seven, you know, he had the thing that dragged rivers numbers down a little bit is that he had a couple of really bad games. Right. And they were a snake bitten team last year. Now they don't have a tight end right now. And I actually think that's going to help him. And I know he relied on Antonio Gates and, there's a possibility that Antonio Gates comes back. But if let's say Antonio Gates doesn't come back, they go with Virgil Green, what does that mean for the offense? I think what that means is more three wide receiver sets with Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, Keenan Allen. 
I think Keenan Allen has the potential of being an overall wide receiver one if everything breaks right. And Melvin, and then they got Melvin Gordon in the run game, and they don't, you know, Melvin Gordon is basically the rock carrier, you know, and they got Eckler possibly as like their receiving back, you know, guy. So I, I like the way that the season looks and sets up for the Chargers mm-hmm. if they can figure out the kicking game, um, they'll, <laughs> you know, but they're going to be ahead. Like their defense is awesome. I think I don't think people realize how good their defense really is. Right, and I think they're in position to really take a big leap forward and. While I think Rivers may not have the gaudy passing numbers this year, if they're playing ahead, he's not going to make a lot of mistakes like he did in the past. And I just think that where he's going around 129, uh, he provides safety. The guy never gets hurt. He plays every game. He's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks in the NFL the last three years. And again, I think you can get a quarterback one. And is his ceiling maybe 8, 9, 10? And well, that's what he did last year. Right. So get him at 18, and he can produce 8, 9, 10. Okay. Um, uh, Alex Smith, again, I know I'm not saying anything, you know, clairvoyant here, but QB 23, finished QB 4, 5. Just, you know, Jay Gruden's been pretty good with quarterbacks, even though there's a change of scenery here. I know the wide receiving situation may not be great, but it's not desolate. He's got, he's got guys that, that have – talent maybe maybe not household names so to speak but between Crowder Doxon Richardson and Jordan Reed Vernon Davis you know I don't think the cupboard is too bare so it's really hard for him if he gets quarterback 12 you know you should be happy because um, you're getting him late seven late, rounds, late. seven yeah. rounds later um, and then the other guy is uh, Bortles and you know everybody has to hate on Bortles, but again, look at where he's going. He's going in like a hunt pick 160, and last year he finished 13th in points and 17th in points per game. I know their wide receiving core is not great, but it's never really been great um, outside of Allen Robinson one year, but they've got a bunch of guys there. Look, the offense is going to run through Fournette. Their defense is going to allow them to be, you know, to, to be ahead. Right. Uh, Fournette's, Fournette's going to be a pretty good receiving back this year, I feel. And I just think Bortles, based on where he's going, I certainly seven, eight round, you know, uh, I think three, four rounds of value for sure is, is a minimum. And he's more of a guy that I'm not, I don't really roster two quarterbacks in a one quarterback league, like 12, a 12 teamer. Right. But in a two quarterback league, he's absolutely going to be a target of mine. Got it. I see what you're saying. And, and with him, the running game adds a little, it adds a nice little bonus for him. You know, he'll get a couple touchdowns, two or three, you know, he'll, they'll run for 20 yards a game. It's solid. So, yeah, no, you're, you're without a doubt. He ran 57 times last year for 322 yards and two touchdowns that came in, in one game. But uh, you're right. It's a nice little, you know, couple, two, three points that make a difference. And because the, the quarterback position is, is grouped together that late. So if those two points per game are going to boost him up, you know, into that potential QB 12, 13 area, that's what you're looking for. All right, let's go to running back and let's start with the underrated guys. You mentioned Fournette. Now, Fournette is being taken – Hang on one second, everybody. I see Fournette's ADP. He's at the eighth running back. He's after Kamara and Kareem Hunt. You think Fournette is going to – did, what did you think of what you saw from him last year? I feel like I was expecting a little more. Well, he started off hot 
and then he kind of faded because he had the ankle. And I think, you know, that was really the key for him. So I'm really impressed with the fact that reports are that he's trimmed down to whatever, you know, the 223 or whatever. Right. I mean, that's huge. That's a very big um, – that tells me that he realized um, at 240 he was just trying to run over guys, and that's not going to last. Also, it's going to allow him to catch more balls, be more, you know, be more mobile uh, when he's catching balls out of the backfield. So, but here's the thing about Fournette is, you know, you can bank double digit touchdowns with this guy as long Mm -hmm. as he's out there and you can bank a hundred yard rushing games, which is what he was doing early on last year. Their defense is going to, is always going to keep them in the game. It's, they're going to play with leads. I think this is a team that. I don't think they're going to regress. I know some people think they're going to regress. I don't think there's going to be huge regression with Jacksonville this year. And I think Fournette has the potential of being a top three running back this year, uh, where if everything breaks right and the receiving yards go up, the receptions go up and the touchdowns, you know, around 15, he could be potentially the overall number one running back. So that's kind of what I'm looking at with him is who do I think in that area could leapfrog and really you know, really become a guy that it's, it's hard to generate profit out of a first round pick, but that's a guy who I think has everything lined up for him to be able to do it. He, he, he averaged, he was one of only three back. Well, four, if you count agent Peterson, who we don't have to worry about anymore. Three backs average more than 20 carries a game. Elliot Bell, Fournette. That's it. Yep. So huge volume. And if the, and if the, and, and if the pass catching the, comes the, in. Outside of that, that um, part of the season in the middle of the season where he didn't play, and then he had that whole like suspension thing or whatever um, is, you know, he's a guy that you could see him definitely getting 300 to 300, you know, 300 carries to 320 carries. The touchdowns potentially can get to 12 to 13. And then the receiving, if he gets to 60 receptions and 500 yards and three, again, I just think that I think where he's being drafted is his floor. Right. And, and that's, you know, a lot of times that you can't say that about players in this position. But um, so that's why I like him. All right. Give me one more underrated. Let's go with Jordan Howard. Um, and I, I got to laugh at the Jordan Howard talk where everybody says he can't catch. Well, do I really care that he can't catch? I'm worried about his results. So I think what you got to realize is that when guys play with a rookie quarterback, their their fantasy production is going to suffer. It's not Jordan Howard didn't become a worse player. It's just his situation got worse. Well, what does his situation turn into uh, in the offseason? New coach, new offensive coordinator, second year quarterback, a whole brand new wide receiving core and an, and a tight end. So this offense is completely upgraded to what it was a year ago where Trubisky had nothing. Right. Uh, Howard got game scripted out of several games, which is not his fault. When you look at his performance, it's all over the place. You know, he, he was, he was a top, uh, uh, he was an RB one, which means he finished in the top 12, six times. Right. Okay. But he finished outside the top three, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. It wasn't because. Of the, it wasn't a talent issue. It's he got game scripted out of the game. Well, if their offense is going to be a lot more productive and a lot more effective this year, which is what everybody's projecting it to be, then 
I think he's a guy that can get back up into, you know, right now he's currently going at the the, the 15th running back overall, pick 30. Right. I think he's very safe. You know, top of the third, middle of the third, it's very safe. And that's why I like him. And can he get up into that 15 range as far as overall production, which means he just gets to like RB10, RB9? I think without a doubt he can be RB9, RB10. So that's kind of what I'm looking for in that. All right. Um, what about the overrated? You're for your first one, you sent me a couple of names, and, and your first one and my first one are right there. I, was down, I wasn't high on this guy last year. I get the talent, yep. um, but Joe Mixon, you, you think, is going a little high for, for you. No different than what it was a year ago outside <laughs> of the fact that the, the, a year ago it was Jeremy Hill on the offensive line. The offensive line is better. However, Gio Bernard is still there, who was a very productive running back at yes. the end last year. And I, I just, again, I don't think that, I just think he's another internet darling. He was an internet darling last year. Everybody that picked him, half the people that picked him last year are going to jump off the bandwagon. The other half are going to double down. He has no business being picked inside the top 12. None at all. He's shown me nothing that tells me, first off, I don't think the Bengals are going to be a very good team. And if the Bengals are a four or five win team, that limits his that limits his upside. And it really limits his floor, too, because if they're out of games, they're not going to be running the football. So I just think Joe Mixon is a guy that, you know, a lot of people are in love with and his ADP is inflated. And to me, he's more a guy that should be going in the 40s or 50s than in the mid 20s. OK, um, give me one more. Let's say oh, one more overrated running back for you. Uh, Ronald Jones, uh, everyone's drafting him based on per, uh, opportunity perception. Yep. And he's not, uh, to me, I don't think that he projects well in the NFL. He's not a very big guy. Uh, and, he, and he wasn't really all that productive in college. I think he went to a big name school. He happened to land in an interesting landing spot. And I think most other landing spots, I think his ADP would be three or four rounds later. So um, just not a guy that I'm going to have any shares of. And there's a guy being picked right after him. Give me Royce Freeman and Alex Collins and Carrion Johnson all day long and Lamar Miller over Ronald Jones. I agree with you. So if you don't like Ronald Jones, are, are you, uh, you going to consider a late round dart at Peyton Barber? Yeah, I'm going to have some Peyton Barber for sure. Uh, he, he, when he got on the field last year, he, he, he actually did well. And he's a guy that a lot of people have just thrown away and not considered. And I think he's going to, he's going to be a factor in the Tampa Bay running game. And if Jones is ineffective or gets injured, it's Peyton Barber's, uh, job. And based on where he's going, it's a free, it's a free meal. All right, folks, Auto New Fantasy Football is the next level fantasy football challenge you've been looking for. Experience a year-round dynasty competition with deep rosters. Accumulate college player prospects to lead your team in the future or to move for a superstar at the trade deadline. Auto New Fantasy Football never sleeps with year-round trades and off-season arbitration. Learn more about why everyone who plays Auto New becomes addicted at autonewfootball.com. That's O-T-T-O-N-E-U. Auto New, better fantasy football. I actually have my draft on uh, August 7th. I think this is my third year. It's not going well, but, you know, I'll get better. I'll try harder, everybody, because you know, and thanks, Adam, for sponsoring. Yeah, I got to do better in that league. All right, let's go to wide receivers. Um, who's going too high for you? We talked about Andrew Luck earlier. Um, does does you have Ty Ty Hilton was a guy we were going to talk about? Does Luck's news that we think things might be 
less dire than they could have been. How does that change your perspective on T.Y. Hilton? He's very QB dependent. I think I said to someone last week, there's no wide receiver that's more dependent on that weird QB situation than him. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, points per game last year finished 31, um, you know, and really had three monster, you know, four monster weeks and then was basically non-existent. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a chart like this where he had four top eight performances and then almost every other week, every other game, he was outside the top 40. Uh not a guy that I'm going to put much stock in. Don't really want any part of him this year. Way too inconsistent. Way too quarterback dependent. I think Brissett, if Brissett is is in there, I think he's going to make a big leap forward this year. And I like a lot of what I saw out of him. And I think he's a guy that – he's a guy I've been targeting in best ball as a QB3 or super flex in QB3 as QB3. Right. Because if luck, if luck doesn't – is not able to go or gets hurt again – and Brissett gets out there, I actually do think he's going to produce and be fine. And he can run, which is huge. That's always what I look for. But you're right. Uh, that's kind of my take on Hilton. People are pushing him back up ADP based on they think Andrew Luck is going to be Andrew Luck of the past. Uh, and we don't really know what's going to happen. So uh, just another inflated ADP as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Um, and going right after T.Y. T.Y.'s going at wide receiver 16. Juju at wide receiver 17. Um, too high for you or just right? Uh, too high. Um, and look, I love the guy. I love the talent. But a lot of times what people do is they look at what the guy did the previous year and they automatically just say, oh, well, you know, he didn't play the first six or seven games of the season and he was a monster the second half of the season. Well, you got to remember, Antonio, what, what did he do when Antonio Brown didn't play? So, you know, week 16 and 17 is Juju was wide receiver set. Look, last three weeks of the season, Juju, wide receiver 10, wide receiver 7, wide receiver 1. Antonio Brown wasn't out there. Right. Okay. So, but then on the flip side, he wasn't on the field for the first eight games of the season for the most. The first seven games of the season, he didn't see the field. They finally got rid of the Mart- Martavis Bryant. They put Juju in wide receiver two, and then he, he did well. But I just think that where he's going, unfortunately, inflated ADP is more a guy that I feel comfortable in the 60s or 70s than I do in the early 40s. And that's just – now that's a little bit of a tough area because I'm not in love with a lot of the wide receivers in that group. But give me um, – we'll talk about a couple of guys there. There's two guys I think that are going a few picks after him. And they're not sexy names and they're not young guys, but they produce year in, year out. And I'm more than happy to take any one of them. All right. Tell me about those guys. Larry Fitzgerald, Golden Tate, and Demarius Thomas right outside the top 24. So um, all three of those guys are solid floor guys on a weekly basis. Fitzgerald's quarterback situation is not going to be any worse than what it was a year ago, I don't think. And Golden Tate uh, has a has a solid, steady quarterback in in Matthew Stafford getting in the ball. And Demarius Thomas' situation is um, his quarterback situation has improved quite a bit. And again, he's he's a, he's at wide receiver twenty five, pick sixty. I can certainly see him returning value in the thirties. Uh, same with Golden Tate. Same with Larry Fitzgerald. They've done it before. And I don't see much of a drop-off with the Fitz or Tate, so I feel comfortable with all three of those wide receivers. 
uh, versus other guys like Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Landy, Corey Davis, Josh Gordon. Now, I just think there's a lot of risk in that 16 to 22 range in wide receiver. I agree with you. Um, all right, let's go to the other, some other underrated people. You mentioned Fitz. Um, Devontae Adams. We were talking about guys early. We were talk- I asked you if you would take Julio or Michael Thomas, and I think I agree with you on Julio. I mean, I really like Michael Thomas. But we, I like uh, Michael Thomas, too, but he's being overdrafted. Yes. So now I go after the first four. I got Hopkins, Antonio, Beckham, and Julio. After that, why am I not taking Devontae Adams right there before Thomas, Keenan, Mike Evans? I mean, Devontae Adams had the, the – the, some people have talked about it with me recently. The chances of Devontae Adams scoring a boatload of yes. touchdowns are pretty big. Yep. Yep. Uh, pretend, you know, I think number one, he's got an awesome. He's got the best quarterback in the game, and I'm a Patriots fan. I love Tom Brady, but Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. Yep. Um, Jordy Nelson's gone. Randall Cobb's wide receiver two. I don't care who the wide receiver three is; it's not going to matter. And they they picked up Jimmy Graham, who I love, and I like the running game between whether it's Jones, Williams, and Montgomery. They're going to figure it out. The defense is going to be improved. It's not going to be the sieve that it's been in the past. Uh, I think Mike Pettin coming in as as the defensive coordinator, I think Mike Pettin has a lot to prove. People remember him as the clown that coached the Browns. And I think Mike Pettin has a chip on his shoulder and it's going to get this defense whipped into shape. So I think, for me, I think the Packers could be on a 12 or 13 win season. I think uh, Rodgers is, is going to play with a chip on his shoulder. And uh, look, I think time is running out for Mike Mike McCarthy here. And uh, but look at look at what the you know people got to remember. Don't just look at what the guy did last year. Is you got to remember he didn't have Aaron Rodgers for like ten or eleven games. Right. And he had Brett Hundley. <laughs> he still put up wide receiver fourteen eight, wide receiver fourteen eight, thirteen four eighteen with Brett Hundley. Okay. Yep. It's, I see a lot of weeks where this guy is going to be a wide receiver one. Of course, you're drafting him there, but you got to remember the elite players like Antonio Brown was a wide receiver one eight times. DeAndre Hopkins was a wide receiver one nine times. Devontae was five last year. He can get to eight or nine this year. And if he does, he will be a top five wide receiver. He will potentially be number one overall. Yep. So that's really where I'm going with there. I mean, Devont to me – uh, if I can start with um, Fournette and Devontae Adams, I think I'm going to be very happy. I think you are too. And I, look, and you, you might start, forget forget about just Fournette and I mean, you might start Zeke and Devontae Adams based on where Adams is going, yeah, which is 19th pick or so. Yeah, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yep. All right, um, let's go tight end. You're not tight end. You're not on the uh, the Trey Burton train. Uh, I'm not uh, because. Um, you know, if you look historically at the tight end position, um, it's a very consistent position in that the players that produce year in, year out, unless it's a situation where they're an older player and they just fall off a cliff or they get injured, um, it's typically the same group of guys. So it's, it's, it's really extenuating circumstances are going to push a player at that position and you know, a lot of times pedigree is really key at that position as well. And you got to remember that um, 
they still have Adam Shaheen there. And so I, I still think that's and, – and, and again, they went out and they got Robinson. They got Taylor Gabriel. They drafted Anthony Miller. So I'm not sure this Trey Burton play is all that – look, man, he had a couple of really good games last year. But outside of – his his numbers are not that great. Right. And – He's being overprojected to me, like grossly overprojected. I, I think that the, the the head coach having come from, you know, I mean, basically that that stuff about, well, he fills the Kelsey role. I think that that's got everybody's. Well, he may fill the role, but he doesn't have Kelsey's talent. No, right? So that's, yeah. So, um, yeah. Unfortunately, that is what people look at. Is again, they want to be right and. Look, it's one thing if you think that Kyle Rudolph or Greg Olson can finish as the number one tight end overall. That's one thing because those guys have a base of production that says, hey, if their touchdown ratio increases significantly, that can throw them up into the, the, the 30, you know, 25, 30 range. But, man... You know, look at the guys at the top, Kelsey, Gronk, Zach, Ertz. You know, those are those are eight touchdown guy minimums. Um, I, I just don't see it with Trey Burton. Um, I think the Bears offense is going to be improved, but I don't think it's going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. And because, um, again, you, you're asking for a lot of leaps forward, especially at the quarterback. I think the quarterback makes leaps forward, but not like Carson Wentz, Jared Goff type leaps. So. Yeah, he's just being overdrafted. Lack of lack of pedigree, lack of uh, it's just lack of performance to me. I just um, I think with tight end, as you know, again, I, I got a couple guys I definitely want, and then if I don't get them, I'm just going to wait. All right, folks, we're going to wrap this the here. Listeners to our podcast get a free ten day RotoWire trial at RotoWire.com/slash/pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now, RotoWire.com/slash/pod. Um, so you'll be back doing a DFS article on Rotowire this year. What, tell me about that and what else you're going to be up to. Sure. Um, that's to be determined as far as what site I'm going to write for, but I'll have a weekly article. Um, it's going to be different than in the past. It's going to be focused on um, a particular site and the players I like for that week. Uh, but I'm going to take a different spin on it. I'm not just going to um, recommend the players that everyone else is recommending. I'm going to actually – talk about um, what I think is going to happen and why the players may be under-owned and, and where there's profit in those players. So just a little bit of a different take on that. Um, Line Star, in addition to representing them, just uh, doing a podcast with Thad Houston that's going to be on Thursday nights. Again, it's going to be a different spin, a different take, I think, than what's out there in the industry. Uh, I'm hoping to complete a DFS NFL book, which is similar to my MLB book I did nice. last year. Um, so it's just a matter of getting time to do it. I gotta, I gotta probably uh, burn the candle at both ends to get that done. And then, um, you know, I've had a lot of things going on in my life over the last six months, and um, actually, I'm actually considering, and you know, there's no monetary gain by this, but. I'm actually considering doing my own podcast that's not going to be uh, fantasy-centric. It's going to have aspects of fantasy for sure, but I might throw in some life stuff, you know, what it's like to be a single dad, you know, hanging out at breweries. Um, I'm a big cider guy. Um, This is a huge scene. Um, I'm a big wrestling guy. There's a lot of guys in fantasy that love wrestling. So I feel like I'm the only one who doesn't right now. You know what? 
Um, I think there's just a lot of topics that I can touch on and it might be therapeutic for me as well. And I think my situation, a lot of guys are in and maybe can relate. At least that's been kind of my experience. So I'm actually considering it. It's just a matter of when I can do it and if I've got the time. But I think it'd be kind of therapeutic. Gotcha. Well, well, uh, be looking forward to that and let everybody know when did it when uh, you start doing all that stuff. But hey, thanks for doing this today. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Anytime. All right, everybody. That's Michael Rathburn. He's at Fantasy Raff on Twitter. I'm at jhalpin37. Um, if you like this podcast, please leave us a review and a rating. We always appreciate those. Thank you for listening to this edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Draft.com. We'll be back Friday with another episode, so please come on back then. For Michael Rathburn, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.